Halftime with the Playmakers is a product of WANM 90.5 in the School of Journalism and Graphic Communication at Florida AM University. Good morning, everybody. This is Halftime with the Playmakers, your midweek partner with the live show, The Playmakers, which is aired on WANM Station 90.5 from 1230 to 2 p.m. I'm your producer, your host, Ahmad Kiwi. I have some guys in the studio with me. Guys, with What's going on, everybody? It's Mr. Brian Hart Jr. representing Broward County as per usual. I'm in the studio with some lovely people today. I'm happy to be here. What's going on, everybody? It's your favorite person from the 205 and the 863, Mr. Tristan Hutton. What's going on, y'all? It's DeAnthony. You feel me? Good to be back in the studio. All right, fellas. So, you know, we have a lot to talk about today. For those of you who don't know, first-time listeners, um, we talk about NFL. We talk about the NBA. We talk about college football. We talk about college basketball. When is that season? So, we got a lot to dive in tonight. So, it's Monday. So, Sunday Night Football was played last night. The Green Bay Packers versus the Buffalo Bills. Guys, what were your thoughts on the game? The Packers are now 3-5. and five. The Buffalo Bills extend their record to 6-1 and one on the season. They won the game 7-27, excuse me, 27-16. Guys, what are your thoughts on that game? So, I took three things from this. One, Green Bay definitely needs a number one receiver very badly. Aaron Rodgers looks lost. Uh, two, Buffalo is for real. Yeah, They are serious, man. Defense and offense, they are very good. And also, number three, it makes you wonder how good are the Miami Dolphins really because the Miami Dolphins beat them early in the year, if y'all remember. So they haven't been healthy the last couple of weeks. Now they are. Are the Miami Dolphins for real? Or? That's an interesting That's an interesting take, though, because, you know, they, you know, Tua was out for about two weeks with the concussion protocol. And what I, what I will say is that, you know, the Miami Dolphins, they're solid. You know, when yeah. they're healthy, they're solid. So who is to say Miami can't really be a contender for them in the AFC? Indeed. Brian, what you think? Well, as far as the Dolphins, I'm not a believer in the Dolphins. They, they easily could have blew that game against uh, the Buffalo. If a receiver gets out of bounds and they kick that field goal, that game is over. And we're having a very different conversation. But as far as uh, with the number one receiver in Green Bay, I very much agree with you. Uh, it, it looks like that Green Bay is going to have to go out there and make some trades. Aaron Rodgers throwing 19 to 30 and only having 200 yards is insane. That, never, that That's not the Aaron Rodgers that we know or we've seen in the past. So they're definitely missing that number one receiver option out there. Uh, they're trying to get, they're getting the running game going with Aaron Jones. He did have 143 yards. But as far as the passing game, uh, Allen Lazard is just not going to be an answer for the guys, for their offense going forward. Definitely. And uh, we we had um, missed some things before, but we were talking like last show about the Packers, if they're really not good this year, and you know they just lost to Washington before this, and I'm, I'm starting to think it's really it's really true they're not good. They really need that receiver one to get back on where they at. Do you guys feel like Aaron Rodgers would retire after this season? You know he doesn't like losing. He's already came out in the press. He's already said a few things about his young receiving core, how they need to do better and things like that. Do you feel like he's being too hard? Actually, I got two questions for y'all. So the first question is, do you think he's liable to retire after the season? And the second question is, do you think he is a good teammate to the guys in the locker room? Uh, I say no to both of those questions. I do not think Aaron Rodgers is a good teammate. He's been showcasing that pretty much all off <laughs> his, whole, his whole life. Yeah. His whole well, yeah. Career, really. and, yeah, his entire season, really, but it's kind of blanketed when you have a Devontae Smith. But now that Devontae Smith's not there, you see how bad of a teammate he Devontae really Adams. is. Yeah, Devontae Adams. And, um, no, I do not think he's going to retire. I do not think he's going to retire in Green Bay. I think he's been trying to get out of Green Bay for the past two years. So that'll be interesting to watch. Now, I have heard some trade rumors that if he does leave Green Bay, he's going to come down to the sunny, sunshine state. He's not coming to Tampa. 
Why not? He's not coming to Tampa. Why, why be, not? Well, be for real, be, be, let's, be, let's be honest here, Ma. Let's, let's Everybody be, let's retire in Tampa. That's what they're trying to do, like all the old folks in Tampa. There's a lot of old people in but, Tampa, and that's exactly what they do there, is just sit up there and, and, and enjoy the uh, state-free taxes in, in, that we have here in Florida. Let's, let's be clear, fellas. Tampa would be a great situation for Aaron Rodgers, especially on the back end of his career. Let's talk about the receiving core he has, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones. Come on now. The running game is solid. Our defense is solid. We have just been depleted all season, which is why we're 3-5. and five. But, fellas, what are y'all thoughts? Deion, go ahead. We're about to finish up this segment right now. Thoughts on him uh, reti- going, being traded? I definitely would say he's going to get out of Green Bay, but I don't think he's retiring after this season. I definitely think, you know, he wants to redeem himself all these years that he's been going to the playoffs, deep in the playoffs, and hasn't been successful. Uh, he definitely isn't feeling that. So he's going to get, if he gets out, he's going to go somewhere where he can win. So Tampa doesn't sound too bad to me. Brian, give me a last thought. Well, he signed a three-year, $150 million extension. So I don't think he's going anywhere. He's not retiring. He's expect, he's expected to make a lot of money. So him and Green Bay are going to have to figure it out. Well, guys, we shall see. Now we're going to move into our new segment. So for the first time listeners, for the listeners that's been listening on, um, this segment I created with my fellow co-hosts is called Who's Next? So we're bringing on special guests that work in the sports industry as well as athletes that attend FAMU as well to give their perspective on sports and give pieces of advice to people who may be listening on, right? So with further ado, we have a special guest with us. The Tiffany Green. Tiffany, how are you doing this morning? What's up? What's up, fam? Yuli, how y'all doing? We doing good. We doing good. It's good, good to see you. How, how was your homecoming? Good to see you again. Oh, man. That was one of the most memorable homecomings um, that I think I've ever had. It My cup runneth over, okay? <laughs> I'm just trying to come down off that high. It was a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Yes. So for those of you who do not know or may have not be as tapped into sports as we are, Tiffany Green is a very, very, very famous person within the sports world. She is an ESPN commentator. Um, She commentates on multiple sports, football to basketball to softball as well. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Tiffany, for those listening in. Yeah, I'm a proud fourth generation Rattler. Um, I have uh, orange and green running through my veins ever since uh, I think I was born. And my love for sports uh, accompanied that. So um, I had the opportunity to play a number of sports growing up. I tried to be involved, a well-rounded individual. But FAMU was the place that really helped to transform me into a young adult to be ready for um, the next phase of life. I I just want you all to know, though, while I was on the highest of seven hills, I was a scholarship bowler, y'all scholarship bowler so really bowler? scholarship bowler. yeah wait a minute yeah wait a minute, come on minute, with it now wait a minute that's now. different really <laughs> i know don't, don't right hey 50th anniversary you. of title nine so shout out to title nine wow uh, for adding that as a sport that's amazing so, <laughs> Tiffany, we, we know you're a very busy woman, so we're, we're going to try and uh, keep your time as valuable as possible. So the guys in the studio, along with myself, we do have some questions for you that we would like you to answer just for the listeners and the, the people who may be wanting to be in your shoes. I know I'm definitely one of those people that want to be in your shoes. So, um, you know, I'll go ahead and just kind of start with my question. And then the rest of the guys, guys, you already got your questions lined up in the rundown. So whenever I ask my question and she's done answering, just go ahead and uh, uh, ask your question. So. 
my first question would just be, what is a piece of advice that you can give to aspiring sports commentators? Learn how to write. Uh, that's among the most important things that you can do because it's the foundation for everything that you do. Do exactly what you guys are doing right now, which is a little bit of everything. Try your hand at it all and don't be afraid to fail in the process because you can learn a lot of lessons and then sift through uh, many things to say, okay, yeah, I like this or I don't like this. Um, so just really try it all while you have the opportunity. Don't pigeonhole yourself. Um, and then this is always the hardest thing to do, even though it's what we do every day. And that's just be you right? There is nobody that can beat you at being you. You are authentically yourself. And we all carry something that's a little different or special that's in us. And so when you're trying to separate yourself from others, just being you quite honestly um, is, is good enough. Uh, you you want to hone your craft, but, and, 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 and obviously there's kind of a, a formula that you learn or some skills or tools that you take along the way, but just be you, man. Definitely. I completely agree. Um, you know, in my short journalism career, you know, believe it or not, a lot of the things and trust me, we've we've talked a lot about this offline, but a lot of things I've done, I really just started doing this in May. But I feel like the reason why I've been able to um, you know, excel in a lot of the things that I do just because just like you said, being yourself and that really takes you a far away, especially in this industry, um, with sports and everything like that. But on to the mm -hmm. next question. Hey, Tiffany, this is DeAnthony. Uh, my question for you is, what route did you take to get your foot in the door? What did you do to get your career to where it is now? Well, it's something that started for me uh, as a five-year-old who wrote down in my, like, kindergarten yearbook of what you want to be when you grow up and it's a sportscaster and I tried to do little things along the way to prepare myself whether it was high school and participating in you know newspaper and TV morning announcements writing little op-eds and letters to the editor and then, and then when I finished FAMU I'd already had three internships so I felt like I was prepared internships are key y'all if y'all listening in that is so important yeah. just to get that experience but while I thought I was going to go in as like maybe a sports reporter I applied for a number of jobs I was a part-time production assistant and that's how I got my foot in the door to work in television ran camera floor directed audio operator and then I just raised my hand while I was there and like yo I know you you know high school football like let me go do that so it was just taking advantage of the opportunities where I was um, to get there. And then, again, I thought I said I was making it clear. I want to do sports. And let me tell you how I got, again, my foot in the door. News. I was a general assignment news reporter, a one-man band. Y'all call it multimedia journalist now. Yeah. Um, so there were a number of positions or titles that I didn't necessarily have sports in them, but I always found a way to incorporate sports in my stories or anything that I could do additionally. Thank you for that. All right, yeah. go ahead, Tristan. Uh, Miss Tiffany, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing all right. I can't complain. Uh, my question for you is, what are some of the challenges you face as an African-American woman in the sports media industry, and what advice do you have for women that are looking to pursue a career in athletics? Well, there are a number of things that I think many of us that are our black and brown experience um, because it's a white male dominated sport. So um, whether, you know, we are questioned about our competency uh, or our knowledge of sports, especially for being a woman 
you know, do you really know what you're talking about? Or are you here just to be seen? Or are you interested in trying to get at a player? All of that comes in on the table. We're well more scrutinized for, you know, the way that we look, the way that I look. Um, that always kind of came into play. And the gumption, you know, who are you to think that, you know, you can come in here and and, and do this? So, you got it from every angle. I'll never forget one of the football games I went on. I was working for a crew and it was an ESPN three broadcast and the entire crew looked at me like, boy, they're just letting anybody in here now, aren't they? They're just letting anybody call games. I was like, yo, we're working together as a team. You go, you go treat me like that. So there are all kinds of comments that I've incurred being overlooked for opportunities, even though I did all the sweat equity and the work in the process and watching someone else, my white male counterpart, get rewarded, even though I felt like I was deserving of opportunities. But even though those things happen, I don't feel like I focused, and I want to make this clear to you all as an encouragement. Don't focus on what you don't have. Speak up for it, right? Make sure that it's known that not fair and you want to be considered in the future, but use it as fuel to get better, to show them why there is absolutely no way that they could overlook you or turn you down or give something away to somebody else the next time it comes about. Um, so I just used it as, as fuel and fire to work at my craft, to try to hone it, to just be better. Definitely. I definitely agree. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, Miss Tiffany. My name is Brian Hart. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure to hear you speak today. And we really you. appreciate, appreciate you know, that. coming on our platform, you know, just giving everybody such great advice and, you know, a story yeah. about your life here. Thank you. A question I have for you is that, you know, you already have a long career already in the ESPN and it's, and it's, you know, your career is still flourishing here. When your career is all said and done, what do you want to be your legacy remaining here? Mm. Well, that is a great question because I want most importantly for the next generations that come through to exceed anything that I've ever done. And hopefully that it's easier for you and others in the process to clearly walk through the door confidently knowing that you belong and knowing that, you know, I and others, Pam Oliver, Robin Roberts, Jay Harris, Stan Verrett, all who have worked for you all to just excel and flourish in your own rights. And I hope to see more Black men and women, especially in the broadcast booth and feeling like they can confidently stand up there and call a game. That's not something we still see as commonplace. And I want it to be more common and more acceptable to young Black men, but especially young Black women. Perfect. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yes. How you doing, Miss Tiffany? Um, nice seeing you again and always nice love speaking well. with you. So my question is, going a little bit off Brian's question, how have you seen SJGC, the School of Graphic, School of Journalism and Graphic Communications, change since you attended FAMU? Man, <laughs> we were in Tucker Hall. Tucker Hall was a place, yeah, gotta... a source of pride. We had the top two floors, the third and fourth floor, um, as our like journalism department. The egg crates on the wall, and you know, tape to tape editing systems. Wow. wow. All of that good stuff. And now you have a state-of-the-art facility where everything belongs to you. 
the TV studio is right there. It used to be in the library for us. Um, you have literally every tool at your disposal. And that's such a beautiful thing. And again, that's what you want to see. It's moving forward. It's helping to make life a little bit easier so that there is absolutely no excuse for you not to succeed. So yeah, it's, it's changed tremendously. But what I love about it is that no matter what space we're in, whether we're currently in jobs or seeking jobs, when you see a FAMU student in your organization or applying to be a part of your organization, it comes with a standard. And we prepare our students to be excellent. Uh, in whatever field of journalism or graphic communication, PR, whatever it is, we're prepared. And I love that we have that weight that we carry with us, that we take into a room. So that has not changed, but I'm glad to see that it still exists and it's still continuing. Yeah, it seems like a big, big difference since <laughs> since you went. Oh, yeah. man, man, I'm telling you, those late nights at Tucker Hall, you don't know what you're going to walk into. Wow. <laughs> okay, because the classrooms were open, the building was open. Let your imagination run where it wants to. So nowadays, <laughs> y'all got to keep going to passes to get in, you know, the J school building. But I mean, you literally are sitting comfortably, you know, in a in a in a room where you have all the tools just like right there. You don't have to botch or put together or you know just kind of patch together like MacGyver. It's all laid out for you. So and it's great to see. That's amazing. You know, I can only imagine with my own imagination what it used to look like in Tucker Hall back then. (laughs) (laughs) We're on the radio, so yep. Yeah, let that sit there. (laughs) Tiffany, we we really want to thank you for coming on our show and answering these questions and giving um, key insight, perspective, dropping gems to not only just us in the studio, but to people that will be listening to this show. We want to thank you so much from on behalf of myself, Malik. You know, we reached out to you. We just we're just thankful and appreciative of the of the opportunity to be able to just, you know, talk to you and uh, get your perspective on everything. So before you go. We know that sports is your thing, and particularly HBCU sports. Okay. So we wanted to include you on our segment where we talk about uh, FAMU football, right? So okay. the Rattlers are currently on track to get their second consecutive FCS playoff berth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to get your gauge, your opinion on that, and I want to get your opinion on the Southern game that we will be playing this upcoming weekend. Which you will be calling. Yes, exactly. I will be calling. Don't forget that. <laughs> So one thing I'll say about FAMU football, and I've watched it since uh, Coach Willie Simmons has arrived on campus, it is a winning tradition that he has reinstilled on campus. I absolutely love it. And even when, you know, we as a program have faced adversity, there's always a bounce back. So naturally, FAMU didn't start the season the way they would have wanted. Last year was the same way, but there were adjustments that were made and the commitment to winning remained. And so it's great to see, you know, a 4-1 record in the conference, uh, another shot at the FCS playoffs. And, and I know the team this time around is looking for even a better showing uh, when we get to that point. So I think our ground attack is is very strong. I'm a personal fan of Xavier Smith. I think he is one of the yeah. best receivers out there. I'm yeah. glad to see Jeremy Musa 
getting more comfortable definitely in his in his skin and understanding the system a little bit more and then i think isaiah major and isaiah land have done a really nice job on defense the bowler twins i know tend to fly around as well but like i think we have a really solid football team and i'll say this when i get a chance to talk to the other coaches who have played us uh including the rating hbcu national champs south carolina state and and, and, and talking to buddy pew right he was just like no, that's a good football team. No, 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 no. FAMU is like a good football team. And, and and that insight, that's important, right? Because you want to know, like, you know, what do you feel like your chances are as a team? And I think FAMU is in a great position. Now, that said, Southern is Southern, and they come in with their own lure. I think they're they a do. great brand as well, uh, a blue blood within HBCUs where they're going to travel well, and they're probably going to come in pissed off, okay, after being blanked last week by Jackson State. So it's going to be really interesting uh, just to see can our can we put together can can FAMU put together four quarters of play. That's going to right. Be um, and, 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 and in the teams that they should beat, they've beaten in the teams that were, you know, a little bit closer. They've still been able to pull it out. But I'm waiting to see that dominating yes. performance. Yes. yes. And, Thank and, you. and trust me, we've been preaching this all season. Um, You know, if you take a look back to the Albany State game, if you take a look back to even our homecoming game versus UAPB. Yes. Yes. We won 27 to six. But, you know. It's just we have to come out the gate much more aggressive, much more stronger. Mm -hmm. And I believe that we can do it. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a matter of just staying committed to the game plan. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm confident in Coach Simmons uh, having the chance to talk to him last week. He's really excited about the remainder of the season, especially during mm -hmm. this upcoming game against Southern. So, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see. Can I? Uh, I wanted to also say something on that, touching on what Ms. Green said. Being on the sideline this weekend and just seeing it up close and not on TV this time, seeing Jeremy Musa play in person, I'm the quarterback is the most important position in college football. To me, I understand he's still getting comfortable, but I just feel as if he leaves a lot to be desired for me. Now, that's just personally for me, but I just feel like sometimes he, he'll have a good play and then he'll come back and then you're like, what are you doing? Come on, like, lock in. So... I'm interested to see how he plays the rest of the season. I love the running game. I love the defense. I love yes. our defense, and I love our mm -hmm. running game. But I would like to see Musa make a, f a few better decisions during bigger situations. Yeah, three picks last I, week was I, not I it. hear you on that. But when you, when, when, when you look at what the formula is for winning, right, mm -hmm. it's the ability to have a lockdown defense. And I think our dark cloud defense is that. Defense wins championship, that moniker, you've heard it over and over again. Yep. So I think that's there. To be able to run the ball is also critical. Like if you're in a, a short yard situation or if you have the lead and you need to, you know, try to milk some clock, being able to run the football is important. So I'm I understand your perspective on on, on Jeremy and, and just wanting more from the quarterback position, but I would also say that as long as he's managing the game, holding on to the football, winning that turnover battle, and they and that fam, you can run the football and stop folks on defense. Doesn't always have to be the prettiest way of winning, but as long as you come out with the dub, that's important because style points don't matter in the win loss column. Right. Yeah. They 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 we we care about it, and that's not to discredit what you're saying. I I, I wholeheartedly understand yes, um, where you're coming from and agree, but I but I think that we still have the right ingredients with what we have right now.
Yes, yeah, at the end of the day, I know that with good teams, it's all about, you know, players doing their job. And it seems like as as long as every player on the team does their job on offense and defense, then it comes with a good outcome. I mean, you know, you mm-hmm. talk about Jeremy Musa winning the turnover battle, keeping the ball, um, keeping the offense flowing during throughout the game. And as mm-hmm. long as he can do that, which is just his job, then I think they should be perfect I, I i couldn't let you go miss tiffany without shouting out your uh show that you have oh, yeah, black definitely. college um live can you can you talk a little bit about that and can you can you um tell the viewers and the listeners out there what, what it's all about yeah i thank you for that uh, malik because black college live is something that my broadcast partner jay walker and i created to really celebrate hbcus and kind of think of it as a hbc you know a black college game day, right? Um, And so we will be on FAMU's campus three o'clock this Friday in front of the snake, right? And, but it's a, it's a, it's a weekly show that we do that airs on our um, ESPN uh, social platforms, along with our Black College Live YouTube channel. So please subscribe because we want to not only showcase what our game day experience is like and what's happening around Black college football, but also put it on a platform and continue to elevate it within our company to show the importance and the value that HBCUs have and not just do it in lip service, but actually show it and do it in action. So it's a grassroots feel. It's in year three, but we have, you know, made it so that it's on the minds of many, and we hope to keep elevating it uh, so that mo- more people can continue to tune in and just enjoy it because it's essentially kind of like a, we try to create this atmosphere of like you know, homecoming each week yep. or, or, or just showing the best of the best of the campus, the student life, and all the the different parts that make up what we experience and have experienced. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I love how you guys are really showcasing and putting spotlight on these HBCUs and these these students, these student athletes that have talent, you know, and, you know, they just need the, the exposure for it. And you guys are doing that. And I really appreciate you guys for that. We do. We do. Thank you. We look Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Hey, look, we lived it. We lived yeah. it. So, they're, you know, you're seeing it through through our eyes of, of two HBCU grads. Of course. Of course. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for giving your perspective on not just thank your you. journey through journalism uh but also giving your perspective on our family football team i'm excited to see how they perform this upcoming saturday trust me we will all be there to see you guys broadcasting (laughs) live on friday thank you so much thank you so much i appreciate y'all can we get a light light golf clap for miss tiffany yeah let's get a clap in (laughs) we do gotta edit thank you thank you thank you gentlemen yes ma'am you have a nice one all right you too all right so christian mccaffrey the new San Francisco 49er makes history with a touchdown trifecta. Is this 49ers offense what we needed all along? And are the 49ers now Super Bowl contenders for with this new addition? I will say, I don't know if they're completely Super Bowl contenders, but I definitely think that they can definitely get far in the NFC playoffs. Um, probably the conference. I say they can get back to the conference. Um, well, not back to it, but they can get to the conference game. Christian McCaffrey threw a touchdown yesterday. He ran for a touchdown yesterday, and he, and he caught, caught a touchdown yes. yesterday. Bro, that's, like, that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. Bro, I'm I'm just very excited for this because, like, this is the C-Mac that we've been waiting to see, like, after this injury, after after having such a great year, and then just being injured. Like that. 
after having such a great year then being injured and then him losing we thinking he losing his talent but honestly it's just the team he was on he comes yeah. to the 49ers and he goes crazy in just two games two games Tr no Tristan you gotta think about it this man was in a very toxic environment their yeah. coaches got fired Matt Rule Robbie Anderson was yelling at the coaches bro it's Carolina is not stable is, right now they are very unstable and when you're in an unstable environment like that you're not able to be your best player this is really the type of things you love to see like a great athlete who is able to bounce back and save their career and, and not be their fault for real for real so I'm very happy about that um when it comes to them being Super Bowl contenders I mean they were low-key Super Bowl, Super Bowl contenders last year and their their offense wasn't to the caliber it is now yes they have Jimmy G yes he's the problem for the 49ers but just adding this weapon alone is definitely a step in the right direction Talk to him, Tristan, how, I do. Talk how, is, to him. how is Jimmy G the problem when he wins for the 49ers Barely. I was not say, doing it. Jimmy G is, doesn't do nothing for barely, the 49ers. What is barely? What is barely? barely Jimmy G. to a conference championship and he's That's made not it to Jimmy a, G, though. But what happened that's when he went though? He's made it to a conference championship and he's made it that's to a conference championship. That's the team. That's not Jimmy G. There, we though. talked about this yeah, plenty lost. of times. He lost. It's because it's Jimmy G. When it's time for him he to get it. in these He's not him. No, no, he has not made it. The team made it. If that's the case, we can say the same thing about Aaron Rodgers. Let's be for real. Let's be for real. What are you talking about? What has Aaron Rodgers done? In the postseason, the last four okay, years. Okay, but this—that's not what we're saying. We're but saying I'm, that like his team, all, his team has got him there. But when it's time to get in these clutch situations, let's say how Jimmy it's, G it's has not different. been. I, I think I think y'all are unnecessarily harsh on Jimmy G, fin and that's okay. But fin Jimmy, I honestly don't think Jimmy G is that bad of a quarterback. He's just not. He's not. They've he's been not winning, there. They've Jimmy, been winning in spite of Garoppolo. We saw that what, what, they went with this move for Trey, with Trey Lance for a reason. Until he got hurt, they were going with Trey Lance for a reason. Trey Lance was playing awful. It's been two games, and it was his first season starting. Let's calm down. What are y'all talking it's about? It's been two games. He's bro. They were, they were winning despite of Jimmy Garoppolo. If we go back to that Super Bowl, they were a play. They were a, a touchdown pass away from winning the Super Can't Bowl. Trey if Lance Jimmy make that pass, if Jimmy Garoppolo, we have yet to see it. We hasn't had the chance to see it. So part that's not against Trey Lance, but we saw Jimmy Garoppolo in that situation in the Super Bowl, and then he failed to execute when they needed him to execute. So my question Seriously. is, so my question is, if they go with Trey Lance and they don't get to where Jimmy Garoppolo is taking them, then what? It's a failure, right? Because of what yes. they're giving Un up for him. Until Trey Lance is given the opportunity, we cannot say what Trey Lance can and cannot being do. Being available is part of being the guy. He had a freak accident. He freak accident happens in the football. It happens. So we can't we can't put that against Trey Lance, but we can put against Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, resume, Go saying that how they've been winning despite Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. Going back to C Mac, I love what I'm seeing from him. I've always been a fan of Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> yes, even man. since he played for Stanford, and yes, I like to see him. Uh, I like to see him with a creative offensive of mind in Kyle Shanahan. Exactly. I, I love to see. I would love to see what they're going to do with this upcoming stretch they got. They play. I just had to schedule up. That's another thing. That's another thing that I'm very happy for that that creative offense. Like, Indeed. bro, in, Cal in uh, Carolina, they was not doing that. But yeah. in that offense, man, he really has yeah, they're gonna use the ability. Them. Yeah, he has the ability to he do what he's freedom. been doing when he was in college. So, yeah. So the four game stretch they have are the Chargers, 49ers. They got a bye week with the Saints, and then they play the Dolphins after that. You know. Well, it's gonna be good. Here's what I say about CMC. That when we talk about that play calling, like that's what it's all about, bro. Yeah. When he rolled out and threw that touchdown, I never would have thought that he was about to throw that ball. Like he I was looking, I was like, he about to run, he, and he throw. I'm like, whoa, wide yeah. open for Ayuk in the end zone for six. Like, come on, bro. You like, have to get your playmakers the ball. And that's bro, what I'm just very and, excited. Like, and I'm last excited. thing I want to say about this is he looks very happy, bro. Like exactly. he's celebrating with his teammates. He's jumping on.
on him. He's putting his hands up in the, in the end zone when other people score. Like, like you can tell that this is a very good, re, like, refreshing environment for him. Indeed. Every, first of all, everything is sunny in California. You're in California. <laughs> you're in California. California San Francisco. Yeah. yeah it's night and day. It's too great. And then also, you're in a winning situation where you know you have a chance to compete every year. So, of course, he's going to be unhappy for them. I'm unhappy for them. With that being said, the Philadelphia Eagles are coming out of the NFC this year. Absolutely. So... Uh, and what, and what happens we'll if they don't? Bro, y'all are pitiful. And what happens if they don't? If they don't, they're going to be quiet. I guess we'll never know. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> We'll never know it's crazy. We'll never know it's crazy. That's Come on, so be wild. for real. Please be for real. All right, bro. fellas. <laughs> All right, fellas. Moving on to the next topic, the NF trade deadline two days away. What trades would you like to see? Now, I will say before we jump right into this, there are some notable names that are on the chopping block right Let's now, including Broncos, teammates, outside linebacker Bradley Chuck. And Ooh. wide receiver Jerry Judy, as well as KJ Hamler. Ooh. Now you all know, you all know, the Broncos have been god awful, <laughs> god awful to say the least. What are y'all thoughts on that? It's and who would you worse. like to see on the trading block? I would love to see Green Bay go for Jerry Judy. That'd I, be nice. I want, first of all, I want Jerry Judy to be in a good situation. The Broncos have been terrible for the past two. Not terrible. That's kind of an overstatement, but they haven't been good. I would like to see Jerry Judy with a good quarterback. Bro, they're terrible. <laughs> Their defense is always good, though. Yeah. What that mean? Would, if you can't score on the offensive side of the ball, what that mean? Fair enough, but they always have a legit defense. I agree, what I, I agree what with, uh, with Tristan here. I would love to see Jerry Judy and Sir Aaron. I don't think he would want to play with a person Broward like County Aaron, product, Jerry Judy. But another receiver I would love to see with Aaron Rodgers is DJ Moore. I was oh. just about to say that. I would love, love to yeah. see DJ Moore with Aaron Rodgers, the number one receiver, multiple thousand yards receiver, uh, thousand receiving uh, seasons with Carolina. He just had a big, big catch on Sunday Monster. against the against the Falcons, but you know, because of his celebration, cost him. Yeah, that was dumb, bro. That was dumb. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that was dumb. But I don't think that he's being traded, bro. I don't think the Panthers are gonna trade him. When we talk about the the Broncos, um, the Broncos just came off of a very solid win in London against the Jaguars. Uh, go ahead, the win. Ja the Jaguars were the like Jaguars. two and That's four. fine. I'm That's saying. fine. But it's the NFL, bro. A win is a win. Any win is good. Is a good win. It doesn't I, matter who I, you're playing. I, com I completely understand that. But at a certain point in time, how are we gonna like legitimize these wins? You feel me? Kind of just like college football. In college football. Let's say if Alabama plays like a Tennessee or something like that, but Alabama barely wins against Tennessee, right? We talk about the legitimacy of their win. We talk about like the legitimacy of well, what 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 was going on with Tennessee to make the game so close? Is Alabama really as good as we say? But this is just hypothetical. Yeah, I, I, I see your face, Tristan. I, I see hear what face. you're saying, but it's what? different in college football because you got rankings in college football. You got uh, college football playoffs. Like it's a whole different like dynamic in the league. It's like grown men. You know what I'm saying? Like right. big boy. You know what I'm saying? I agree. So, but. But going back to the Broncos trade, I think Bradley Chubb is the most to get traded out of all of them. Honestly, like what the Broncos are trying to win now, and what would, what, how would like giving away most of your weapons, like what would that do for you? That's not going to do anything for you. Trading Jerry Judy is not going to do anything for you. Trading KJ Hamler is not going to do anything for you. It's only going to make it. It's going to make it worse. And they're yeah. trying to win right now. So also a trade I would like to see uh, Mike Gesicki is on the trade block according for to real? a couple yeah. of that's, yeah, yeah, yeah we saw that uh, I want to say a week ago I would uh, like to see Chicago go out and get him because they Chicago should be going Justin out and get Fields nothing besides draft picks. definitely needs help that's true. Justin Fields need help I mean yeah but 
I'd rather get a proven commodity and then uh, I'm sorry. I would also I would like to get a proven commodity rather than just go out and just draft people. There are a few good, like solid wide receivers out there. I know Brandon Cooks is on the trade block. Chase Claypool, who hasn't Cam really Akers been meeting his expectations. Well. I know y'all yeah, Cam, Cam Akers. Akers. And then um Whoa. Nelson Aguilar is on the trade block. Mm. Kendrick Bourne is on the trade block. So like I feel like Green Bay really needs to go for some of these receivers. Thank whether it's do. Brandon Cooks, who's a deep threat receiver, Nelson Aguilar, who's more of a shifty slant, you know what I'm saying, get in the middle of the field receiver, but they need to go for something because it's not working for them. I realistically do not see DJ Moore going to Green Bay just strictly because they're in the same division. So I, I can re- – It's going to have to pay a real heavy price if they want to trade in the division. I, I see, yeah, I see them realistically oh. getting someone like a Jerry Judy. Or, oh, wait, when you say when you say division, you mean like conference, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, not division, conference. conference. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, yeah. College a, football. A sorry. personal trade I would love to see happen is I would love to see the Philadelphia Eagles go ahead and get Kareem Hunt. Oh, oh no no no! Oh my no, God! No, no, another no. another high five on the mic. I would oh, love bro. Kareem Hunt behind oh, Kareem Miles Hunt Sanders. is nice, but I would be so hot. Now that's a good pickup for y'all. It's that's a good, good pickup. Pick I don't see how realistic that is. Why not? Why why is it realistic? Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, might is, get already, acres Kareem Hunt is already somebody that is is asking to be on you know traded. He's number two behind um, Nick Chubb, who has been getting a lot of the touches. They haven't really been using Kareem Hunt to his fullest capabilities like they were using him in uh, Kansas City. So I with agree. the Eagles having somebody like that that can catch the ball and can run the ball, playing as number two behind Miles Sanders, and with you know that RPO with Jalen Hurts, it would be something amazing to see. It would really solidify us as a, a Super Bowl contender this year. I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, no, why yeah. would he want to go play number two though? Yeah, he's going to see, play another number two. That that that, that was what he's I was literally about to going say. to Eagles to play number so, two. So I was about to say that, but then I realized like he kind of plays number. The two difference in is Cleveland. You're when right you're number now. two in when you're yeah. when you're number two right. in Cleveland. Who let's be honest, who don't really have a chance of winning the Super Bowl this year unless we'll see what Deshaun Watson does when he comes back. Man. While the Philadelphia Eagles are in perfect contention right now to win the Super Bowl. <sighs> so playing number two on a on a winning team is very different from playing number two in Cleveland. Now, let's be very honest here. That's a good argument. I can't. I can't even. No, I get that, and I can, the only way I can see that working is if they use him in the slot, use him um, more in the passing game, and then use Miles Sanders more in like the rush game, the run heavy game. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I don't see that happening. If they can make it work, that'd be nice because we done already seen it with him and uh, Nick Chubb. Listen, man, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they had an amazing running game. They had multiple running backs back there. So, again, having multiple running backs back there take off some of the pressure off of Miles Sanders would be amazing for us in our offense. And we just, I would, who doesn't love more playmakers on their offense? We all, we, we the playmakers, we know exactly what playmakers do. So, we would love more playmakers on our offense to solidify that Super Bowl run that we're currently on right now. It's crazy that y'all might actually go under defeated this season like have y'all have y'all taken a look at the eagles record oh yes we have like we we only told you guys every week like that's that's insane but fellas we gonna see when time comes moving on to the next topic we are entering the nba section of our show brian i know most wonderful time (laughs) brian i know this is your bread and butter right here yes sir let's hop let's hop right into it so the San Antonio Spurs released guard Joshua Primo after he allegedly exposed himself to multiple yeah. women. Fellas, this is this is clearly yeah. a problem. I saw the news and it's a little surprising because you know, everybody was surprised on Twitter because you know Primo was recently drafted for the team. He was a lottery pick, so he's kind of expected to be the future for San Antonio. Mm. And so they just said that he was released and they didn't provide any 
uh, information to why he was released. Which, which is understandable on. because oftentimes the the media does that. They 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 kind of just kind of like with the Ime Udoka situation. They kind of just said, "Oh, he's yeah, suspended." We, yeah, we had no idea without what, no details. Did. Now, what I will say is. This is definitely a serious, serious, serious offense. Um, like I said, this, you know, we live in a world nowadays where, you know, the the amount of times that this is happening, like I said, Ime Adoka, Boston Celtics head coach, NFL coaches, NFL owners that, that have been accused of this accusation. So my question to you guys is where do we draw the line? Should his suspension be longer? Oh no, he's not. Who you talking about for Primo? Yeah, Primo's cut. Oh, yeah. he's off the I'm team. sorry. Excuse yeah, he, me. Do you suspend, do you feel like another NBA team should sign him? I think they're gonna suspend him for a year. Yeah, I think they might. They might try to suspend him for a year or even like blackball the kid, man. Like I hate to say that, but it it's not looking good for him. It's, it's really not. not looking good for him. I I know that he released a statement. Um, basically saying that I know everybody's surprised by today's announcements. Um, I've been seeking help to deal with previous trauma I suffered and will now take this time to focus on my mental health treatment more fully. So people, when he, when he dropped that, people were like, people, people were confused. Like in the, in the, in the great words of future, uh, whatever that means. So I don't know what Primo was talking about there. You know, they, they said that he exposed himself to, uh, one of the staff of the San Antonio Spurs. Who, who she is currently being represented by attorney uh, Tony uh, Busby, who worked with multiple women in the Deshaun Watson Cleveland lawsuit. So well, I don't know what Primo's statement really means there in that situation, but it's definitely a very serious offense. Um, they're, like, like you said, Malik, they are going to blackball him here, especially like coming off the Deshaun Watson uh, situation that happened in the NFL, the NBA. It's one of those organizations where they do not tolerate off-the-court habits such as this or off-the-court antics such as this. They do not tolerate. They will. They saw with Adoku who had a, a consensual relationship with somebody on the staff suspended an entire year. So when you do things like expose yourself to a staff member who is now falling or filing a lawsuit, you know you're kind of you're kind of out of your job. Unfortunately, it's very early on in his career, but he has no one to blame but himself if these allegations are true. Yeah, like. Like Udoka, he was in a relationship, so like that's different. You know what I'm saying? Both sides of the party were like, boom. Primo, he 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 went, he did something very unsolicited. He went out and exposed himself, and that's just not that's just not okay. And unfortunately, the young man probably will be blackballed. It's sad, but I hate to see it. Is. Yeah, man. Early in the career too. I don't think he'll be blackballed, but I do think, like I said, I think he'll have one year suspension probably get picked up by a G League team and then slowly but surely now, make his way it, back. If we get further details on what happened during this investi- you know, investigation, if we get more details, if it's kind of like, I'm not going to say like a Deshaun Watson because he had a lot of a lot of allegations come out, but right. if, you know, if we get more details that are just more gut-wrenching details of that really show mm-hmm. the insight of what Primo is like, if we see more stuff like that, I don't think he's going to be on another NBA roster. Right. I completely agree. But, you know, to the guys listening in, to the guys in the studio, even to, like, myself, just be mindful of what you do, you know? Like, it's bigger than just, like, sports. You know, like, this is just life. This is a man's name and reputation that we're talking about. You feel me? Just be mindful of what you're doing, what you're saying, and how you're moving, especially when it comes towards women. You never know. You never know what can happen to you. See, someone is always watching. Like, you think nobody's watching, but somebody's always watching. So, you, everybody always got eyes on them. You know what I'm saying? No matter who you are. You could be an NBA player. You could be a college student. People are watching you. So, just be mindful of that. Correct. Now, guys, all right, we're going to move on to the next topic. This is my favorite topic on the rundown. Paolo Napoleon. 
James. Oh, wow. Ben Carroll. Whoa. Ben Carroll. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not him pulling out the full government. Right. <laughs> right. You're wow. Right. My my rookie of the year. The rookie of the year that you guys will will, we, will be talking about for did. the rest of the season. Yeah, we did pick. We picked. We, we uh, yeah, we, we, we picked, picked him to be rookie of the year. Let's. I did not. Let's be clear, fellas. Tristan didn't. I wanna I wanna give y'all some stats. Y'all know I'm a stats guy. You are stats here. His first game against the Pistons, 27 points in 35 minutes. His second game against the Hawks, 20 points in 34 minutes. Which I was, I was there, I was there live for that game. Yeah, you, you hey I Brian, was he balling? He was balling. He shot a little inefficient. If the stats don't show, he shot six to eighteen. Six to eighteen. But they were deep, they were pulling, they were pulling the pressure on him in just his right. second NBA game. So I understand. But when I saw it live. Yeah, Orlando. Orlando really got themselves some talent here. They got they got a guy. Let's let, let, let me keep going. Let me keep going. I'm gonna be brief. Uh, his third game, uh, Celtics versus the Celtics, 23 points in 33 minutes versus the New York Knicks. That's Malik's team. I don't know why. Yes, sir. Let's points, go, Knicks, baby. 21 points in 34 minutes against the Cavaliers. Again, the Cavaliers with Donovan Mitchell and company. Uh, 29 points in 37 minutes against the Hornets, which they won. Tristan, the Lakers are still winless, by the way. No, uh, they won last night. Wrong. Just, they just uh, won. Well we, well, we won our game before you, and that was the bet, right? <laughs> against the against the Mavericks, he 18 points in 32 minutes. Guys, he is the first rookie since LeBron James to start out his career with six straight 20 point games. This man is a baller. If you if you're if you're saying otherwise, you're not watching basketball. Fellas, what y'all think about it? Yeah, man. Last last week I definitely was on the Boncaro train. Uh definitely an exciting player to watch. Gonna be tuning in a lot more to see what he has to offer. But he's already looking really good based on what you said, like him being the only player other than LeBron. That's a very, very good sign. Uh, hopefully, it translates to wins for you know the Orlando Magic. Definitely. Um, you know, I think my problem with the team, uh, this is just speaking as a Magic fan, uh, it's the consistency. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of bursts and spurs where we will go off and everything like that, but we just cannot finish games. And honestly, I can honestly say, like, once we put that together, I mean, like I said, the team is young. We're developing ball ball right now. The guy that y'all used to love to talk about yeah. before he got to the NBA, uh, you know, we're developing guys. We got Franz Wagner. Like, we we have guys. Bro, you know what I think it is? What is it? Y'all just suck. You just don't said do that this. in a like in a complicated like manner. Right, like, you just said basically you said we suck. No, <laughs> like, like, no basically <laughs> what I'm saying what I'm saying is gonna, we're a young team that needs give, to put it together. I'm gonna give him some I'm gonna give Ahmad some leeway here. They look better than last year. I will say that. They are missing a few guards. Bro, we're way better. They're missing a few guards. I will say that. They're running they're running gigantic lineups right now. The other day they ran uh Terrence Ross, Wendell Carter, Bobo, Mo Bamba, and, and that's, Walker. And that's oh, that's no. the versatility that we're allowed to have when you have players. Yeah, we have, have we literally have four different lineups that we can run. They have, it's, cra- it's crazy that you're bringing up versatility like it's eagling wins. <laughs> it's not. Bro, bro, the wins it's are not. gonna come. You should you should know. You should know. You're a Lakers <laughs> fan. You should know. We're not wow. talking about the Lakers right now. We're talking. About it don't matter. It don't matter. Don't come on my team Shout now. Come on. You are delusional. No, I'm not. Shouts out to Russ for coming off the bench winning a Lakers first game. Shouts out to Russ. Yo, he had 18 points. He had 18 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. Shout out to Russ. Wow. But on to this rookie of the year um, talk. We Paulo is like the, the shining trophy. You know what I'm saying? Everybody talking about him. Everybody talking about him. But there's another rookie that might run him, run him for some money. Oh, let me know. Let me know. Benedict Matherin out of Arizona for the Pacers, bro. I'm telling you. Benedict came into the league and said, I'm better than LeBron. LeBron going to have to show me 
and they currently have more wins than LeBron right now, which is kind of insane to see. But I like Benedict a lot. What he he hit? I was it six threes the other night, seven threes the other night. One of the few rookies to hit six threes in the game. So you know he is he's playing very well right now. Bro, he's averaging 21 points off the bench. He is gunning the ball, bro. Like he is shooting the ball like a like he's a veteran. Like I'm telling y'all. Tristan, you playing. You playing. All right. Keep, look out for him, bro. He's he's serious. And I, of course, like Jaden Ivey. I really like Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey has been playing solid. Um and yeah, that's that's pretty much all I can think about. Jaden Ivey is my rookie. Okay, Jabari pick. Smith. Just Jabari Smith. No, no, no. I'm not he, no, bro, no, no, no. I don't, I don't no. care that Jeff is here with us right now. <laughs> I was about to no. say, Jeff in the background. No. Give me his. Jabari <laughs> Jeff is not Jeff in my rookie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, not sorry. He's not in my rookie. Fellas, as much as I would love to talk about Paolo Bencaro and the rest of the rookies in the conversation for rookie of the year, we have to move on. So, fellas, we're going to get into our segment, and it's called Game Predictions. For those of you listening in, this is the part of the show where we give our game predictions on NFL and college football and NBA games. So, we're going to start with NBA games. Fellas, we got the Knicks versus the Sixers on Friday. What, what's the win? Quickly. Sixers. Philly. I'm taking the Knicks. Oh, wow. Yes, sir. <laughs> why? Hey, you want to know why? Because he's actually watched us this season. That's why. <laughs> he knows that we – bro, <laughs> all right, y'all laughing. Keep playing. Yeah, Anyways, I'm taking the Knicks, man. The Sixers are not who we thought who we thought they were coming into the season. They – I forgot what their record is, but it's not good. Um, we The Knicks literally have a better record than them right now. Stop where you at, Ahmad. Stop where you at. <laughs> all right, guys, next game, we got Golden State versus the Pelicans on Friday. Golden State – Really? Hmm. Hey, Pelicans, the, Pelicans, the Pelicans going crazy. Game. Pelicans going crazy right now. I'm going Pelicans as well. Yeah. Um. Pelicans play the the Clippers. I mean, sorry, the Lakers. I think tomorrow, tonight, actually, or tomorrow night. Yeah, that's gonna be. Weird. So they're on they're on the West Coast. You know, stretch. I, I like the I like the Warriors. I like the Warriors. You like the Warriors? Yeah. The Pelicans gonna be tired. Me personally, I like the Pelicans to go in, take care of business with both LA teams. Not not LA, excuse me, California, California teams. Um, and they'll take care of business. So our last prediction for the NBA: Boston versus Cleveland. That's on Wednesday. Now that they've already played before, and I believe Cleveland came out on top. They really showed. They really showed. They made a kind of a statement game showing that that we're here for the Eastern Conference this year. Um, but then you know Jalen Brown dunked on Donovan Mitchell. You know he had to get his little payback. You know after suffering the L. Right. For this game, I'm taking Boston is winning in the rematch for this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got Boston beating Cleveland. I like I like the Cavs in this one. I watched the Cavs play the Knicks last night, and they they got a solid squad, man. They they they, they balling. Do, they do have a solid squad. I mean, I will say it's definitely like refreshing to see the Cavs and yeah. winning a winning uh, culture now. Um, you know, they've been so garbage for a while, especially after LeBron James left. So it's good to see them uh, be one of the top contending teams in the Eastern Conference. So moving on to college football, it's a huge week within the college football world. We have Tennessee versus Georgia. Go ahead, Derek. Tennessee is going crazy, but they playing at Georgia. I'm going to have to go Georgia. That, that atmosphere is crazy. Correct. Go ahead, Tristan. So I got some notes here, and I need y'all to. These are very important when it comes to college football. So Georgia has a vine of defense. You listening, Tristan? Of course, of course, of course. Georgia has a vine of defense, and Tennessee, as we know, has a high power offense. Georgia is only allowing 177 yards per game, along with only allowing 10.5 points a game. Now, Georgia has not played a team like Tennessee because Tennessee is averaging 553 yards a game, along with averaging 49 points a game. So it's really gonna come down to can That's Georgia crazy. get the uh, Hendon Hooker. If they can get, they can hit him a couple of times, get him out of his groove. I like Georgia to win. I think it's gonna be a close game. I have Georgia winning this game, 31-24. It's gonna be very entertaining. 
Yeah, I like that. I really like them stats, boy. No, no lie. I like them. <laughs> I think that Tennessee, obviously, like we all know, Tennessee was able to go into Alabama or Alabama came to Tennessee this year. And, you know, we all know the outcome of that game. But I think that this year, like Tristan said, if Georgia can get to Hayden Hooker and um, get him out, out of his comfort zone early, then it's going to be a long game for them. And I, I, I really like Georgia in this game at home. Yeah. Say 24-17. Okay. Good predictions. 17. Good predictions. Fellas, real quickly, real quickly, we are approaching the hour mark on the show. Alabama versus LSU. Go ahead. I'm going Alabama. I don't see them losing two. I got Alabama winning 41-24. I'm going Alabama as well. Then they're, boun- oh, they're bouncing back after that you know, disgusting loss against Tennessee. <laughs> they're going to come back and win in Baton Rouge. Yeah, man. Alabama just came off a of bye week, correct, Tristan? Indeed. Both teams did. Nick, Nick Saban and his coaching staff had a lot of time to prepare for this game. Man, I see a blowout 41-3, to yeah. Alabama. Yeah, I cannot lie. I have to give credit where credit is due, and a blowout is coming. I don't see the Alabama Crimson Tide losing two weeks straight in exactly. a row. Especially to LSU. Maybe if they were playing a, a stronger, more better offensively skilled team, then maybe like a maybe. But Nick Saban, I have never seen him lose two weeks two in crazy. a row. So moving on, NC State versus Wake Forest. It's basically another showdown defense versus offense. NC State has a great defense. Their quarterback definitely is out for the season. Wake Forest scores a lot of points, but I do have Wake Forest winning the low-scoring game, 24-21. For this game, I mean, look, you got the you got the number 21 team playing the number 20 team. It's at NC State. Their their home field advantage is something serious. I've I've seen it with my own eyes. I really like NC State in this game. That's what, that's all I can say. I completely agree. I like Definitely NC gonna be State close though. Game. Uh, going back to the game when they play Florida State, um, offensively they're talented. Yeah, they spanked y'all. Yeah, they spanked y'all. Yeah, yeah. Don't remind me. But but guess who won though? Guess who won this past weekend though? Yeah, all right, yeah, then. I played Georgia Tech. We back in the win column. No 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 no. Yeah. Don't 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 illegitimize our my our win. Yeah, I played Georgia Tech. You y'all were literally just hopping you on were, me for like trying to su- illegitimize a win. Now you, you want to illegitimize Florida State's you win. You were supposed to win that game. Oh my gosh. If you lost that game, it would be a bigger problem. Oh my gosh. Anyway, they running up my blood pressure here, y'all. <laughs> You get a Florida State. Y'all got a big game coming up this weekend. Yeah, I know. We ready. We gonna be ready. <laughs> okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. All right, guys. We have reached the end of our show, guys. It's been a great show. Yeah. We had Tiffany Green on the show. We had Shout great conversations. Thank you, Miss Tiffany thank Green. You, Tiffany. Tiffany, if you listening, when you hear the show, thank you again. We really appreciate you guys from all of us in the studio, especially me and Malik ourselves. We really appreciate you, and we hope to see you this Friday when you come down to Tallahassee again. Well, guys, I'm Amal Akibi. I'm the producer of the show. The show is produced within the School of Journalism and Graphic Communications at Florida A&M University. Again, the show is Halftime with the Playmakers, your midweek partner with the live show, The Playmakers, which airs on Saturdays from 1230 to 2 on 90.5, the Flavor Station. Guys, we're going to get into some shout outs and then we're going to head out of here, fellas. Go ahead. Yo, it's Deant. Just want to shout out family, friends, the Playmakers, everybody in the studio man i mess with y'all boys for real tiffany green shout out y'all too definitely is your boy t hudden shout out to miss tiffany green for showing up shout out to me i really do this shout out to y'all boys <laughs> on the playmaker that's real <laughs> shout out to terrence and you know shout out to those j school fam
This is Brian Harden Jr. representing Broward County as per usual, man. I am nothing without you guys love and, love and support. I'm a reflection of y'all. Shouts out to Miss Tiffany Green for coming on. And then shouts out to everybody that has a bowling scholarship. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Don't, real. Not, too, she, not too many people have When she told me she bowls, she had a scholarship for bowling. I was like, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We, we, we might, she might have to see me in yeah, the we, wee bowling we, or something. We're we going to have to take her to Gallimore Lanes and see what she's <laughs> talking about. we talking about. <laughs> Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, man. Shout out to my family, man. Shout out to God for waking me up this morning. Shout out to our boys in the studio. And yeah, man, I'm happy to have a good week. I'm trying to have a good week. Got a parking ticket this morning. I'm in a speeding ticket, so hopefully my week get better. <laughs> it's gonna get Slow better. down, young man. It's going to get better, man. Without further ado, uh, shout out to God, first and foremost, waking myself up as well as all my friends in the studio. Shout out to my family. Shout out to my mama. I'm going to call you later today, Ma. Don't worry about it. Uh, shout out to Miss Tiffany Green, a good friend of mine. I've known her for over a year now, so I really appreciate you again uh, from the bottom of my heart coming on my show and, uh, you know, giving your perspective on your journalism journey. And hopefully for the people listening in, you take heed to what she said and y'all you know, apply it to y'all lives. You feel me? Without further ado, this is Samar Kiwi, Mr. 813, signing off. This has been Halftime with the Playmakers. See y'all next week.